So I started this podcast to talk about living through my mom's most recent mental break. Um, But the avalanche that that called, hence the title avalanche, because that's what it felt like, what it still feels like, um, has led to all these other things, right? It unearthed a lot. I guess that's part of the, the blessing of an avalanche, right? Things are cleared. There's there's all this space now that was once taken up from something else. Um, and part of that was my sister has been cleaning out uh, my parents' storage. And she found these letters. And I, uh, I am not a shameful person. I'm not one to feel a lot of shame. I'm not one to feel a lot of regret. Um, just because I, I do try... Um, to make decisions that I believe is the best at the time. So it's hard to regret something that you, that there were consequences for that when you did it, you you thought you were doing the right thing. Um, But I had an abortion when I was younger. Uh, And it's something I really don't think that much about. And It is one of those pieces of my history that there is shame and there is regret and sadness. And I, in general, am an excellent compartmentalizer. And it's something I really, I truly do not think that much about. Um, but when my sister was cleaning out the storage, she found these letters that I had written to my unborn child, to myself. Um, and it really stirred up so much emotion and just like with my other podcasts, there is this element of me speaking through my feelings so that one day my children can hear it and hear my perspective and my thought process. It's one of those things that I, I crave, um, especially now that my dad has passed away is knowing what he was really thinking. You know, um, I crave it from my mom who is alive and insane, you know, like, how did you get to here and what were you thinking at the time and how did you feel that that means something to me and it might mean something one day to my boys. And so even though there is an immense amount of shame and, um, in this piece of my history, There is also a a lot of joy that I didn't ruin um, an unborn child because I was a severe alcoholic. Even when I found out I was pregnant, I couldn't stop drinking. Um, I just couldn't. And, you know, I married a man that really has the wheel, the will, excuse me, of it of just a stallion. He's just, he's just so strong. Um, and sometimes you don't know how weak you are till you can see someone else's strength. But I was really weak at that point in my life. I just didn't have enough in me to, to figure out how to be a better person. And so my sister sent me these letters that, um, she, (laughs) She even said when she sent them to me, you told me to get rid of these, but I couldn't. And here you go. And so it's a series of little, little notes that I had written 
Um, and I'm going to read some of them. And I'll probably eventually read them all. Um, some of it is so horribly written um, and raw that I was surprised at myself. I'm not a great writer. I'm a better talker than I am a writer. Um, but I was really shocked of, of the depth of my emotion at that time that I was so numb with alcohol that I still had this much ability to even put these feelings down. I mean, because I drank so much during that time. I remember going to the corner Circle K and buying a bottle of this really cheap Pinot Grigio and a six-pack of Killian's, and that's what I had every single night without fail. And most nights, I would go out after or before, and I drank just a, a massive amount of alcohol. And um, for me to even have enough clarity to put thoughts on paper surprises me because I really spent so much time in this in this cloud. You know, so much had happened to get me into that cloud. I had um, a really tough really tough times when I was young, right? Everyone does. We all have our moments. Then I was so excited. I got this amazing scholarship to college and I bombed at college and my parents got sick and my sister said I had to leave and I moved to Tucson and it, my mom was completely insane. She had shaved her head. She was horrible. My dad was sick. My sister was insane. Um, I got this great job and things seemed to be turning the corner, but then I got sick and I moved to Seattle and things seemed to be going there. And then my sister again told me my parents were really, really sick and I had to move. And it was just this like really this cycle of being enmeshed in a really unhealthy family and having all of these things come compound on each other and not having any release of like, this is a healthy way to process your feelings. This is, you know, this is what you do. And then my mom got institutionalized and it cost me my life to get her out of there. And, um, my sister went into crazy depression and she tried to kill herself time after time. And, and my dad was so sick and trying to get better benefits so he could not work so much. And, um, I just was a real Tasmanian devil of, of, pain, you know, and, and the only way for me to survive was by drinking. And, and it really became, I, I started drinking in high school with my best friend, Jocelyn. And it's so funny when I introduced my friends, my parents to Jocelyn, I said, Hey, just, you know, she like smokes cigarettes and she drinks, you know, so if you smell alcohol on me, it's her. Um, but I want to be honest with you because I want to be her friend. My parents are like, oh, thank you. Thanks for being so great. Not knowing that it was really just me, you know. But by that point, they were done being parents. My mom and dad were smoking weed in the basement. My mom was completely off her rocker. My sister was, like, always in trouble and locked in her room. Uh, we were just a completely fragmented family by that point. So they weren't paying attention anyway. And I got great grades, so they weren't worried, you know. Like, on paper, everything looked good. Um, so 
there was this, again, me and my tangents. So I had been already drinking for a long time. So 19 years ago, December 18th, uh, 19 years ago, I had already been drinking at that point for over 10 years, you know, for almost 10 years. Um, so it, it was part of my DNA at that point. You know, I woke up, I had a drink, I went to work, I drank during work, I drank after work, I just drank and drank and drank. And, um, and that's just who I was. Um, so when I became pregnant, I knew that I couldn't stop. I I knew it. There was no doubt in my mind that I, that I couldn't stop. And so I decided to get an abortion. And then, then I started writing these letters because I actually, I know, hard to hear it now, I was and am pro-life. You know, I didn't believe in abortion. I grew up, I remember I had this t-shirt that was like, save babies, you know, you're pro-life. Like, you know, I grew up very Christian um, and I didn't believe in abortion, but I also didn't believe in killing a child with alcohol poisoning. I also knew that I couldn't stop drinking, that I couldn't stop. That I I remember the day I found out I was pregnant, I had a beer an hour later, crying, drinking in my apartment by myself, knowing that I was doing something extremely toxic to the baby living in me. And it's funny, it's not something I talk about. Uh, even with my husband, we, we really have never spoken about it. I, 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 my friends and I don't speak about it. We just, it's not something that comes up in conversation. Like, Hey, you know, I got an abortion 18 years ago. Let me tell you how I felt during the time. So it was really jarring and shocking to like see this stuff out of the blue on a Friday. You know, it was like, Oh, here's all of these emotions that you need to unpack and deal with and then put back in its luggage and pack it away in your heart your heart or wherever my emotions go. But when I was reading these, these letters that I had written, um, there were a few things that really spoke to me. And this is the thing. I really, really hope that one day, um, my children get to hear these things. I hope that, um, they get to know who I was before I was their mom and how all of the decisions I made led me to who I was, to who I am to them because I love being a mom. I love it. And I'm very blessed that I was even able to have children with the way I treated my body. I was surprised. Um, and I would love for them to know that it was a real choice for me to keep them. It was not, especially my first son, our relationship is very damaged right now. Um, But I had him out of wedlock. And I remember when I got my pregnancy test and I knew I was pregnant. I actually took it at work 
and it was after my dad had had his quadruple bypass surgery, I had gone into some really old habits again of drinking and being crazy and having unprotected sex, and I got pregnant because of it. And I actually found out really early in my pregnancy, like I I knew I was pregnant maybe three or four weeks after, like I knew really early. Um, and the minute I, the test came back positive, I knew it was a boy, I knew what his name was going to be, what his name was going to be. And I knew that, um, I was done drinking and I didn't drink again for over 10 years. Um, I think I had alcohol on our wedding night. Um, but outside of that, I just, I, it, I stopped drinking and I didn't even turn back. Like it was fine. I drink now. I have no problems with it today, but I'm a much different person than I am, than I was in my twenties. I don't live in the same level of, of everyday pain. And I also have learned techniques and, and, and coping skills that I didn't have back then. Um, and so when I found out I was pregnant for the first time and it, funny enough, it, it actually wasn't the first time I was ever pregnant. I actually had gotten pregnant with uh, a boyfriend of mine, of mine, excuse me. Um, but I had a miscarriage and it was, it was, it was really dramatic because I really loved him. He really loved me. And we really had this vision of, of a life together. And it was just, my life was so horrible back then. And I wasn't a great person and we just, it just, nothing worked out. Um, but when I found out that I was pregnant and I knew immediately that I I wasn't, not immediately, but pretty quickly that I wasn't going to keep it. I, that actually sent me deeper into a different level of depression than I had ever experienced before because I grew up with a sister who came out depressed. You know, my sister was, was tortured from the beginning and from the time we were small children and our whole lives, it was a never ending battle of me trying to prove to her that she was worth living, that I, um, that I loved her enough that that should be enough for her to keep going, that, um, she didn't have to be sad. You know, there was, there was all these elements being the younger sibling to her that I just wanted her to feel loved, you know? Um, and that's its own separate story, but Um, I really, I really never felt suicidal ever, 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 ever. It wasn't something that I had any inclination to, uh, it wasn't something that ever came to me. Now I can look back as a, as an older version of myself and say, uh, but you drank every day, you know, like that is a form of killing yourself just much, much slower, but that's not how I saw it. For me, it was literally like, oh, wonderful. I get to drink and then not remember. I get to literally live in this void of blackness because I was a blackout drunk. I, and, and for me, it was, it was amazing. I could go and drink and remember nothing and wake up the next day and feel refreshed, like, like a clean slate. Like I was ready to start my day. And so, um, I, you know, I didn't, I never felt this, this desire to take my life. Um, 
But when I found out that I was pregnant, when I found, when I made the decision unequivocally that I was going to have an abortion, I had to really fight, um, my Christian and my belief system because I really did truly believe that it was murder. I, I, I can't even say today that I don't believe that it's murder. Like I, I know there's politics. I know there's feelings. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not challenging anyone's opinion, but my feeling, which feelings are just feelings, they're not facts, was that it was murder and that I, my soul was going to hell for this. And I knew it. And, and, um, and I did it anyway, because I really believed that I couldn't stop drinking and that I, that there was, it was not a life that a child should have, that I had a horrible life at the time. My parents were shit. My sister was always depressed. I had a shit job. I was always drinking. What world would this child live in? I just couldn't do it. And that battle between me having this very logical and reasonable explanation for committing, an ab- for having an abortion, didn't then coincide with my moral compass, which was it is murder. You are killing a human being. You're killing God's gift to you. And that struggle broke me in a way that I had never been broken before because I literally felt like I just condemned myself. And so that is why I wrote these letters. And I called it my abortion, my choice. But I look back and and I think about it and it's really your life, my choice, because it wasn't my life to take. It really wasn't like I can, I can look at myself and say, you, you did what you thought was best. You were young. You made this decision. You can't change it. Um, but I can still be honest with my feelings today and say, it wasn't my choice. I, it was my choice to have unprotected sex and I got pregnant because of my choice. And instead of being responsible and changing my life and stopping drinking and, and getting my shit together, I decided to have an abortion. And, um, and that's, that's really what was causing me the most amount of grief. And so, um, grief is probably the simplest word to describe it, but I wrote this, this letter and I wrote it to my unborn baby. And I said, my baby, I swear I won't miss you any more than I will miss myself. When I kill you, I will be killing myself. My baby, you and you alone are the only thing that has ever drove me to the brink of suicide. I have always thought that I had the strongest spirit. My sweet child, you have broken my spirit. Why did you choose now? I cannot bring you into this world with the cards stacked against you. Although this choice carries with it the price of killing me, it's a fair exchange. For the first time, I know exactly how my life will end. It'll be the day I have my abortion. I will have bought a bottle of my favorite alcohol and hid it in the cupboard. Even just trying to read it 
is difficult. I will take the sharpest knife from my sister's house. I'll take all the pills that I receive and everything in my house. I will drink to the end, slice my wrists as a final salute to my defeat. My finders will walk into an ambiance of Anna DeFranco and Sarah McLaughlin. Or will they? I know that it's wrong. I know that there is no hell but the one that I live through every day. I'll make it through this. I'll take care of myself and I'll live. I'll survive my mind riddled with grief and guilt. My baby, I hope that you'll be the straw that started the fire that burned my life so I may be a phoenix rising from our ashes. A wondrous creature to be reckoned with. That's the first letter. And there's so much sadness when I read it because... I didn't, I didn't have a better life. I didn't all of a sudden become a better person in sacrificing another one's, another child's life for my own. I didn't, I also didn't kill myself, right? So I guess there's a win there. Um, but reading it, even now, I've read it now 15 times since my sister sent it to me. I cry every time because... I didn't become a better person, you know, and I had another child out of wedlock and that child's life was destroyed because of it. And my life was destroyed and my husband's and my other son's life. And it just reminds me how truly selfish I was then and I continued to be and the effect that it had on everyone that I love. And so it's, it's so painful to like, look at yourself and say, you are not any better. Uh, Maybe today I'm better than I was then, but that ultimate sacrifice of someone's life didn't make me better. And it's, it's, it's just, it's soul crushing to know that I was that horrible of a person, um, and there's people that love me that I'm sure if they heard this, they'd be like, oh, you're great. I love you. Blah, blah, blah. But for me, what I, what I look in the mirror, I have to be able to say, did you make the world a better place? Did you do enough to make up for everything that you've done wrong. And I haven't. I hope I will one day. And I think that's what's crazy, right? Abortion is very political. People are are very invested in it because of people like me, right? That had the option, that had the choice. Um, and then there's also a lot of people that because of people like me feel that abortion shouldn't be legal. And I... Even when people ask me about it today, it's a topic I won't, I won't discuss. I won't, I won't give an opinion. Um, I won't, I won't discuss it at all. And really it's because I don't know. I had the privilege of having the option. And I don't know if that was better or worse. I really don't. And I know there's like a million people out there that would just nail me to the cross for both sides of my opinion. You know, Christians that would say you're a murderer and 
you deserve whatever hell comes your way. And people that are not Christian that say, how dare you want to take that right away? If you had the opportunity, you exercised it. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the right answer anymore. I don't know if I ever knew the right answer because I, I obviously didn't make the best choices. And I think there are maybe people in the world that have had abortions that have, that feel the same way that I feel that, that it was not good. Shut up. Okay, so I don't understand this whole podcast podcast world. I accidentally stopped it, started it, stopped it. So hopefully I can go back and fix it and edit it so it doesn't sound as crazy as I'm sure it does right now. Um, but what I know is this. Um, there's a lot in these letters. And I look forward to reading them and processing them out loud so that one day my boys can hear it and know a little bit more about me and how I became the person that they see. Because I, I really believe everything that happens to you makes you equal who you are today, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I also believe that that the bummer is when people don't know you for so long because they only get to see the product of those, of those decisions. They don't actually get to see what happened while you were making them. Um, so hopefully they'll get to learn a little bit more about me and, and who I am. And if anyone hears this and is listening to it and is thinking or been through it or any of those things, I always wonder how other people dealt with it, you know, and if someone is going through it and they don't know what they're going to do, I would hope that nothing I say would make you feel anything other than it's your decision. And I know the guilt that I live with and the pain that I live with. But I also know that I, it was what it was. And I am here today in spite of it. <laughs>